Welcome to the Young Adult Podcast, where we will be engaging in weekly conversations around the amazing, tough, fun, weird, but extremely important and defining season of your 20s, all while bringing you more of a biblical perspective. Our goal is to dive deeper into conversations that push you, challenge you, and hopefully inspire you to begin to walk in the fullness of who God created you to be, which we believe will make you the most effective for the kingdom of God. Let's jump into this week's episode. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Young Adult Podcast. My name is Connor Grimm, and I will be your host. Joining me, as always, we have Andrew Matrone. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah. That was good. That was good. That was needed. And with us in the studio, <laughs> as always, we have Whitney Bess. Pew! Pew, 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 pew! Oh, my gosh. That is so embarrassing. You're never going to me, let me live that down. That will for always and forever be your... <sighs> Gosh. How many people intro. are like, if I hear that one more time, oh, I'm, I'm never gonna, listening yes. again. <laughs> so many people. I'm really sorry I made you guys do that. Sorry. Well, buckle up, Hey, folks. for the record, you said that you wanted to do that. <laughs> and you did it like four times to get it perfect. Yeah, and that, was your perfect that was your perfect air horn. That was your perfect air horn impression. Oh, no. So you asked for this. It sounds like a little Star Wars You made this gun. bed. You sleep pew, 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 pew. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Guys, what is going on? As you can tell, clearly we are here, we are focused, and we are ready to talk all things materialism, consumerism, and contentment. Ooh, mm. wow. If you joined us last week, we kicked off a little two-week series where we talked about those things. Um, we kind of delve in and talked about what is materialism and consumerism, um, where is sort of the root cause of those things in our lives, and then what does it look like as Christians to steward the things that we have? Is it okay to desire things, to spend money on nice things um, while you're stewarding the things that God has given you? And sort of where is that line between being given over to consumerism and, and handling what you have well? And so today we're going to continue that conversation. If you missed last week, uh, jump in, listen to that. It'll give you a little bit of context for what we're talking about today. Um, but today we're going to shift the lens a little bit um, because we're going to last week we talked a little bit about some, you know, personal stuff is just like people as followers of Jesus. Um, we're going to look a little bit more about materialism, consumerism and contentment within the church. And then how does that affect us when it comes to being generous and how does consumerism affect our heart towards generosity? And so I want to kick over our first question, though, to Whitney. Um, there has been a lot of like a rise in scrutiny, I guess, when it comes to um, with social media and just more exposure, churches kind of coming under fire. Wow. Yeah. And so do you think the world looks at the church when it comes to what we own, what we buy, and what we possess? Do you yeah. think that the world, and when I say the world, I guess I'm meaning people that don't attend church or even people that are cynical towards churches. Mm -hmm. Do you think that they look at the church when it comes to what we own, what we buy? And do you think that sends like a message to people? Yeah. So I have so much to say about this question. And so maybe follow along with me. I don't know if I'm going to make complete sense in it all, but <laughs> okay. there is a lot to say. And so if you do look at scripture, there was, so Levites were the tribe that would be the pastoral. They'd be the worshipers. They'd be the ones that led all the other tribes of Israel. And in the Bible, there's very specific uh, what they should wear, garments they should wear. They, a lot of them were really ornate. Um, they couldn't shave their heads. They had to have long hair. Like they stood out. 
among the uh, that you knew exactly who a Levite was based off of what they wore. Um, and then you follow the scriptures along and then the prophets, they actually were like royalty um, in a lot of ways. And they would wear these robes called, I'm, I'm going to say this wrong, a dareth. It was a common cloak that prophets would wear um, and it suggested something of beauty and honor. And so the church would stand out. The prophets um, would stand out in that time. And then if you look at history, um, any if you go into any uh, like big city, um, a lot of art and culture, it was Christians that they had produced beauty and creativity and really ornate churches and things that we marvel at right now. Um, and so to kind of answer your question, I would say absolutely. Like the church, in my opinion, um, and we'll get into the nitty gritty of this, but I do think it's okay to look different and to stand out and to be beautiful and ornate and um, have the world kind of be like, oh, like what, Sp- like sparks intrigue. And I think um, maybe I fall into the temptation of like that can obviously get, you can run away with that. Um, hence what we'll probably be talking about, the whole preachers and sneakers idea. Um, however, I, I don't really buy into this like lie that you have to, if you work for a church, you have to live in a sack cloth. Like, I just don't think that at all. So I hope that answers your question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you brought it up. I, th- I think it's an interesting concept with the rise of things like preachers and sneakers and there's, um, you know, even more accounts and it feels a little malicious, like mm-hmm. it's it's under the guise of raising awareness. But, um, you know, it's 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 a little malicious and it's in its attempt to raise awareness. But um, there's more there is more awareness of, of churches and pastors and what they buy and what they own and what they wear. Um, I, and I guess the goal of that, the heart of that, you know, all maliciousness aside would be to raise this idea of like moderation. Um, mm-hmm. When is enough enough for the church, for pastors, whatever? Uh, let I want to talk about like what what is your all's definition of moderation and why is that a tricky subject? Um, yeah. Because it's such a sliding mm-hmm. scale. Moderation is such a sliding scale mm-hmm. for what's moderate for one person versus another. And so yeah. with all this awareness, <clears throat> what, what do you think is the church's responsibility, pastor's responsibility, and where is the line of enjoying nice things and having nice things and and having moderation in your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think this has always been a question for the church. You know, you had, uh, there was a big movement of televangelists and, Mm. and things like that were in levels of like prosperity gospel. And, you know, I I think a lot of people feel a lot of things, but even with those kind of things, I'm like, I think the gospel is still being preached. And I think maybe people were manipulated, Mm. but I I still think that God used, used that. I still think that God even probably used some of those people um, sure. in in certain ways. We we don't we don't know how God. The thing is is God God always sifts through all the BS of of pastors and churches and scandals and mm-hmm. um, embezzlement and all this kind of you know what I'm saying like yeah. I just feel like we've all, we've seen it like God works through God works through his pastors. Um, God removes people. God places people. Yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I I think that this has been something that. Um, I think has been brought to the forefront in a lot of ways, especially in this past season. 
And, and so I've asked myself that question a lot. And I, I've wrestled with that, being a pastor, being someone who's on stage, being someone who has a social media account in my family and um, how, how am I presenting? How, how am I stewarding like the money that I have? And, mm-hmm. and I, I've, I've just really come to the place of if I can stand before God and say, I did the best that I could with the things that you gave me, regardless yeah. of what people felt, regardless of what people say, um, then I, I feel I feel okay about that. Mm-hmm. Even when I go to preach, there's a certain level of like I want to present myself mm-hmm. as as someone who's um, put together, uh, you know. And so I'm I'm, I'm not gonna wear um, cargo shorts and a polo yeah. on stage because I don't feel comfortable in that. And yeah. I want I want to yeah, feel yeah. you know. Like uh-huh. and, what is that? Neat dad? Or <laughs> yeah, that? you know. <laughs> um, and so I I think that. For, for me, and I've looked at that with other pastors, I'm like, hey, you know what? I don't know what money you make. I don't know what your book sales were. I, I don't know. I don't know if uh, maybe your parents have money or what. I, it's not my place to judge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, and so if you feel like you can stand before God, great. And mm-hmm. if you can't, still none of my stinking business. Mm-hmm. I heard a pastor say, we talked about it, we laughed <laughs> earlier. Um, but he was like, hey, two places you can roam free, in your own lane and out of my business. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, that's really funny. Hey, roam free all you want. Yeah. In your in your lane and out of my business. And I've kind of felt that because we're, we're pastors too. Um, and we, we see the same things that people see. Mm-hmm. And people probably see things in us. And I'm like, look, I'm going to fight to the best of my ability to steward what I have. Um, have my Me and my wife have our convictions that we have talked about and processed for our family when it comes to our finances, what we'll spend, what we won't, what our values are, what um, – and I'm just going to stay out of yeah because dude it is a chasing the wind it is so futile accounts like that you literally are stirring up hatred mm-hmm. um for people who are trying I I believe to the best of their ability to expand the kingdom of God mm-hmm. do you have your your idiots out there who yeah. aren't Abuse. yes yeah. yes welcome to planet freaking earth <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. um yeah. So yeah, that that's kind of how I, as mm-hmm. I've navigated with our yeah. own family. I think yeah. I think with the rise of all this, like I was saying, that they're trying. You know, if you can find good in things like that, would be the conversation of moderation. What does it look like for pastors to live modestly? Um, I think moderation is so difficult because, like you said. Um, it's so easy to judge somebody's appearance without knowing their their story. Yeah. Like I know there there's a really famous pastor, I won't mention his name, um, but he made a ton of his money in oil and gas before he became a pastor. Mm-hmm. And he 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 has some oil and gas type things, you know, you know what right. I mean? Yeah. But most people would only know him as a pastor. And mm-hmm. you know, if you were to look at his house or a car or an outfit that he might have that might stir up a certain emotion for somebody mm-hmm. with zero context that mm-hmm. this guy spent a big chunk of his life working in an industry where you make a lot of money, you know? Yeah. And so I think moderation is such this sliding scale because yeah. what's moderation for me and my budget is totally different than moderation for an NFL player. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, what are we talking about here? Are, are, are we opposed to nice things? Are those evil in and of mm. themselves? No. Jesus had something nice. I mean, they they gambled over his robe when he was crucified. It mm. was it was 
I, Jesus didn't necessarily live an ornate life. Right. Um, not all of his life was marked with luxury and they, he, he, you know, had some streaks of poverty ish ness in him, but Jesus had some nice things as well. And so I think when it comes to conversations with the church, it's really easy to point fingers. It's really easy to demonize because the church is and should be a moral standard in society, whether our society likes it or not. That's, that's still kind of how church is viewed. Um, but I do think, you know, everything in moderation, everything in context is yeah. really important when it comes to the conversation of of money, uh, consumerism, especially within the church. Yeah, I remember the day that someone told me about Preachers and Seekers account. And I think that they only had like a thousand followers at this point. And I'm like looking, I'm actually laughing. I'm like, this is hilarious. Oh my gosh, they're just poking fun at um, just like, yeah, like our culture inside the church of consumerism. And then I remembered a moment where I was like, ooh, this is just turned to really judgmental. Mm-hmm. And people's comments like, wow, you are actually saying that about someone. and You don't even know them. In the in the light of the Bible and yeah, like you're, you're quoting scripture to hate this person. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like Which using go, it as a against, weapon. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And so then I, you know, and then the fact that the guy that does preacher and singers won't reveal who he is so he could have an honest, open conversation with these pastors is pathetic to me. Mm-hmm. And I just, what I know about scripture is I'm like, if you're pointing a finger at these pastors, like, okay, you need to kind of maybe take a, <laughs> says like, don't Remove the speck out of that other person's eye when there's a plank, plank in your own. Are you actually tithing? Are you being generous? Are you going first? And uh, one of my favorite verses in Matthew, Jesus is talking about judging others. And he says, judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgments you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. Mm-hmm. And that scares me. <laughs> like one day I'm going to have to give an account and I'm going to say, hey, I judged this person. They they might have been 10 times the giver that I was, and they have nice shoes. Mm-hmm. And I harshly judged them. Yeah. Like, it's not it's not our place. And, and um, David writes in the Psalms, he said, search me, O God, and find any grievous way in me. And knowing that, man, if you're in ministry, like, you're not perfect. And hoping what Andrew said to the point you said earlier that, um, yeah, like <laughs> only that that person and the Lord knows what is conviction and what, what God is challenging them in. But also knowing that I know at this church, we do have accountability. There are people that bring, Hey, you know, and it's not my business to go and to freaking a pastor in North Carolina and say, Oh, like I'm not his accountability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Do you think that within this realm of materialism um you know it's it's real like it's always been. You know, even the founding of our country even before like there was fashion, there was trends, yeah. there was Is there any way um as church and as Christians that we can almost like flip that, redeem that and use that as an outlet to maybe reach and connect with people that we wouldn't normally reach you know the, yeah. the the idea of the pastor on the pulpit wearing a suit you know 
has now become somebody in, in pretty relatable clothing to some degree. Yeah, I th- I think I think that there, there's some people and there's there's a lot of pastors and churches who it's very organic and natural. It's just it's who they are. Yeah. Like they um like mosaic mm-hmm. in uh in LA. They're they're in that world and it's kind of it's kind of just who they are. They they yeah. love fashion. They love um how they go about certain, and so and you go in their environment, you're like, this is kind of who they are, and and so, I don't I don't judge that at all, at all with people. I I think I think where it starts to get get a little bit strange is when you're like, someone is trying very very hard to engage with that world, and that's just not even who they are. That's just not who they are, it's and it, and it doesn't feel authentic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think there was a big shift with that a few years ago when fashion for pastors started really becoming a, a yeah. thing. And, yeah, what a and, phenomenon. Oh, it was. <laughs> it was wild. It, I know. And, and we, all, we all got, yeah. just so you know, if you're listening, we yeah. all got caught up in it. Oh, and we for all sure. have our... For sure. Um, but, but I remember getting to a place of like, man, I'm, I'm buying some of these things because I'm trying to fit this image because I think that right. people will like yeah, that. Yeah, that doesn't feel authentic mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that there's, there's some people who by the way that they style their lives and that they attract a certain group of people mm-hmm. that need to be reached. Yeah. Um, that I, I probably could, but there's a way that I look and the way that I, I like to style myself where I'm going to reach yeah. certain people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that you reach people like you, you reach out to everyone else. Like I can reach the person who is like me Yeah. and I can reach out to everybody else, but I'm actually going to have real relationships with people that are like me. And I, I like certain things. I engage with certain things, um, and I attract those kind of people to me because I am them. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know if that be, made sense. Yeah, but. yeah, no, totally. no. And just be like aware. Like um, I know Paul writes, like to the Jew, I became like the Jew. To the Gentile, mm-hmm. I became like a Gentile, in order that I might win some. And I think where I do find fault, I guess, with like church consumerism is, I that that attitude of like, I oh, I do need to be. A little elevated. I do need to look a certain way. I do need to act a certain way. I do need to flaunt certain wealth that I have so that everyone under mm-hmm. me, I, I do find fault in that because I'm like, wait, no, like you need to become like your congregation. Like I, I know Scott Brugman, he, he's just the best at talking this through this whole materialism, consumerism, church culture, everything. Um, and he was just like, I would never want to put myself in a compromising position that maybe someone that is very poor and would do anything to get their kids Nike shoes Mm -hmm. to uh like I want I want to serve their interests and um and just being aware of who are you pastoring who are you shepherding and like what Andrew said like people in Mosaic they're pastoring and sheltering high levels of creatives Mm -hmm. Um, us in Denver, we're not pastoring that. And so I think it's just like understanding who is your flock? Like, where are you? We're pastoring Patagonia. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, Pat- someone, and someone, and Patagucci. someone, and someone, yeah, 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 yeah. But someone could be mad that you spent $400 on a Patagonia jacket. Uh huh. When and there's I a guy in LA, that, I, I know, but it's <laughs> true. Would, yeah, Keeps man. you warm. Uh, no, it's just, it's just a sliding scale. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to draw a line in the sand when it's like I spend, as a Denver person, two hundred dollars on North Face jacket, but you, how dare you spend 
$200 on a Gucci belt. Yeah. Absolutely not. It's yeah. just, mm, yeah. yeah. And I do think it is this realm of like, of sort of like flaunting yeah. things. You yeah. know, like Jesus was, the Bible says he was humble in appearance. Yes. That, that doesn't yes. necessarily mean that he tried to go out and be ugly. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. just that he, he But was, then you have also John the Baptist who were camel's yeah. hair as a whatever and ate locust. Yeah. He's like, I don't care what y'all think about me. <laughs> yeah. But I'm also the, I have more authority on this planet than anybody else. Yeah, and he's yeah. probably happier than anybody else. <laughs> uh-huh. <Yeah. laughs> and if you feel like you need to do that, do it. Do you kind yeah. of feel like but though, though, he, he did that as like a, I'm going to stick it to the man a little bit. I think he had that like eight in him. I'm like, I'm going to stick it to culture a little bit. Maybe, maybe. Know. Doesn't sound comfortable, <laughs> but he pulled it off. I think I think one of the biggest issues when it comes to this at, at the heart is generosity. Mm-hmm. Um, can't yeah. you know? Like we live in a world where I do think, to some degree, I think like you, like everybody here says and agrees, it can definitely take a, a dark turn and yeah. become something that's all consuming. But I do think there is a relatability factor in where do you live, who do you pastor. Um, who are your friends? Like, who are you? You know, people tend to flock to people that are that are like them. Yeah. Um, but I think at the heart of this is also, especially when it comes to the church, is well, that church is buying that. Are are they being generous? Mm-hmm. Like, church and Christians are supposed to be some so of the true. most generous yeah. people in the world, and historically we have been. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think? The role of generosity comes into play when it comes to us stewarding our money, mm-hmm. stewarding the things that God's given us. And, you know, even wh- how, how can we balance being generous and having a desire for, for more things and new things and, and nice things later on in our life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Andrew, you did a really good job kind of touching on this last podcast, but just that there's like a criteria. And I love that yeah, if you are providing for your family, if you are creating safety, if you are giving, if you are tithing, and you still have an abundance, oh my gosh, yeah, like who am I to say how to, you should spend your money? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's like that initial check in your spirit. Like am I doing these things above or am mm-hmm. I trying to chase after looking a certain way, presenting myself in a certain way, smelling a certain way? Uh, it's true. Perfume is so expensive. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, before being generous, I mean, I don't know. Like you just you have to ask yourself those hard questions and asking your friends those hard questions too. Yeah. No, and I I, th- I think um, well, we we believe in like tithing, and we talk about like the like the first fruits, and we we talk about ten percent because it's not equal amount it's equal sacrifice Mm -hmm. so whether you make 30 grand or you make 300 million Mm -hmm. 10 percent means a lot Mm -hmm. to to everybody um and and so generosity is something that that always has to go first and or tithing and then i believe generosity is above 11 percent yeah yeah Yeah, and I, i think for for our family that's really really important to us and and i believe that as our family has like has walked out in that generosity that God has has done abundantly more. Yeah. Like there there's been there's been seasons where I'm like I don't know she got another like this year Jerica and I gave um our biggest one-time gift to somebody we'd ever given. Mm-hmm. And it was like holy really God we mm-hmm. Okay. And then literally no lie the next day someone 
brought us a check for double the amount yeah. oh, that wow. we gave. Someone with way more resource. Mm-hmm. And it just reminded us, like, God yeah. owns cattle on a thousand hills. Yeah. That's so true. You cannot outgive God. Yeah. Yeah. And and so, you know what we did with that money? We we tithe mm-hmm. 10% of that money as a because thank you, God. Yeah. Um, and then we put some way in savings. And then we we bought furniture with that. Mm-hmm. And I felt great about it because we had gone first with tithing. And God was like, Yes, well done, good and faithful servant. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give you a hundredfold. Yeah, you know, and so so that's how I feel like that's how God operates. I feel like God was like, no, I'm gifting you. I know that you guys wanted to buy furniture, but you gave that money instead. Yeah, and so so to me, I think when those priorities are in place, man, God honors. God does so many cool things. So I can I can go to the furniture store and then go buy some yeah, things that it's are free, yeah, free, and then yeah. that actually adds to our home. Yeah, and, yeah, and the safety and the comfort of our home that God wants for us, you know? So, yeah, I don't know. I just went on a little tangent, but that's... What that's is that kinda... Craig Rochelle thing he preached in our Year in Giving series? He says, like, um, when we tithe, God provides or multiplies. Mm-hmm. We give again, and it's like a... What was a cycle, it? yeah. Cycle. Um, but the same is true with not being generous. Like, mm-hmm. we lack, we work really hard, we get what's ours, we spend, we, spend, we yeah. lack, we get what's ours, you know? And it's just perpetual so i love that that was like a total shift in mentality yeah. that yeah. really god does say test us in this area the only thing that god says test me yeah in yeah. the word of god is with your finances yeah yeah so when it comes to um generosity it, it can be looked at in so many different ways what as, as a christian as a young adult who's following jesus is there like rules or guidelines for generosity? Like, am I not generous if I don't give to the guy that's standing on the side of the road? Mm. Like, do I, do I, is that what a Christian should be doing and giving to? Uh, does generosity look different? Like talking mm. to somebody who, you know, maybe in their first real big boy, big girl job, or maybe you're working part-time kind of going through school. Yeah. Is generosity different depending on how much you have or uh-huh. the goals in your life? Or how, how does that shape out for a Christian? Yeah, I kind of talked about last podcast about going to church in Texas. And the guy did such a good job about this topic, generosity. And he, when he first was a believer, he, it is very confusing. Like He's like, how do I be generous? What is tithing? Do I really have to give 10%? And so he kind of was just like, well, you know, my... I'm going to commit my Saturday morning shift. And he knew that that was like when he makes the least amount of tips. (laughs) He's like, well, that was his first step, you know? And he told his wife, he's like, okay, whatever I make this Saturday, I'm going to give it to the Lord. I'm not even going to take a penny from it. And that Saturday morning, he said that uh, he got the most like generous one customer. He's like, yes, I'm only going to give like $7 or whatever it is. That customer gave a hundred something dollars. And he comes home, he's like, yes, I made, I had one customer, I got a hundred something dollars. She's like, well, you're giving that to the church. You said it. And so sometimes I think it's like a heart posture of like, I'm going to give. Um, and it, he's like, it was so hard for me to drop that hundred dollar in the offering basket. Um, but then to feel like he, he like felt different. And it, so just say, just start somewhere. Like whether that is like giving to the guy on this side of the road or, and God will, God will 
direct you. Like when you open the door, I really do think God puts opportunity in your life. Like when you open this door mentally, spiritually, just like God move, like let me be generous. Oh, yeah, he's going to put people in your life. Yeah. No, and I think Second uh, Corinthians 9, 6 says, remember this, whoever sows, gives yeah. sparingly, will also reap, return sparingly. Yeah, and whoever so sows good. generously will also reap generously. God's like, I want to <laughs> give to you. Yeah. I feel that. I feel like God wants to give. God wants to bless. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also as a passage, I forget which what it is, but it says each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So I think for, for me, when you ask that question, like how do you decide how to be yeah. the level of generosity? Um, I, I've just I've tested this so much in my life where I just mm-hmm. know when God's like give. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because it he will not. Mm-hmm. Let it leave your soul or yeah. your mind, or yeah. your, oh, it'll uh, sit and then there. you'll see that person like ten times over. You're like, what? In the yeah, world? <laughs> yeah. You turn around. You're like, I yeah. felt with like certain homeless people. I drive by them every day. Mm-hmm. Ninety nine times out of a hundred, I don't feel. Yeah, I don't feel like I'm supposed to give to them, but then there are times where I'm like, oh, I got to turn around. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've even had like friends before that have have um have even had some financial struggles and I didn't feel like I was supposed to give to them. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why, mm-hmm. but I didn't feel it. Maybe God was like, they need to sit in this. I don't want you to give to them right now. You know, but then yeah. we've had, uh, where we've given to people who have plenty of money mm-hmm. and we're like, I don't know why, but I feel like I'm supposed to give you this check and I yeah. know you probably don't need it, <laughs> but maybe you need to be reminded that God sees you because you're stressed and anxious right now. So yeah. I, I don't, I don't always know why God does that, but I think being open and I think when you start tithing, it creates that level of, I think, openness of like, okay, I've, I've tested this and mm-hmm. open-handed. And so, yeah, it, it's it's a muscle, though, I think, that generosity muscle. Yeah, yeah, big time. Yeah. So I asked earlier, um, do you think that the way that church buys and spends money, like, affects the way the world views us? How does generosity affect our witness to the world? Kind of like on the opposite end. How— how does when we as a church and we as Christians give freely um, because of what Jesus has given to us, how do you think that can affect and, and reach people's heart in a way that maybe other methods couldn't? Mm, that's such a well, I, th- I think gen- generosity softens yeah. hearts. Yeah. Um, so if me and you are having some kind of like tiff in our relationship, and I'm like, you know what, dude, I, I know that he likes this. I'm, I'm going to buy this for him. It does something to you like oh, maybe Andrew's not as big of a tool as I thought he was, you know? Yeah. Um, that that's that's happened with us many times where I'm frustrated with things at work and then my, my boss is like, Hey, I'm like, Man. And so I, I think that's what generosity like even for us as a church, we we raise I think what like almost eight hundred K or something for COVID relief. Yeah. And a lot of that money went to hospitals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And nurses and doctors who actually probably believe a lot different than we believe or don't believe anything about God. And the things that have happened from that, yeah, I mean, there's so many stories of life change, and and so it just it does something when that when the church is like here, mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. no strings attached. Yeah, I think it softens people's hearts to, to the gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I feel. I do too. I think that I think that there's a lot of times when we talk about like sharing our faith. It almost feels like a sales pitch um, of like, you know, when somebody comes knocking on your door, you're just like, what do you want from me? 
And I think kind of like what you said, generosity can show like, you know what? I, I don't necessarily want something from you. I've, I've experienced the greatest life change that I ever have. And of course I would want you to experience that. But at the end of the day, Jesus has given me more than I've ever asked or deserved. And therefore I can freely and open-handedly give Mm -hmm. whether that's my time, whether that's my possession. And, and I think that's also a, a good question just to kind of go over real quick. Does generosity always have to be about material possessions? Does it totally. does yeah. generosity always have to be about giving of your money? Mm. I love what Sean said uh, a few weeks back and he said and the, if you don't if you're not going to church here, I mean, definitely tune into this series. It's called Legacy. Um, but I love what he said, and this is like a lot of my mom's story too, is that uh he went to this girl's funeral and was just sitting with the family before and in their home. And it was like this lady didn't have a lot. It was a small home. And there's pictures covered the uh, refrigerator with random people. And he's like, oh, who are these people? And that's my neighbor. That's this person. That's the kids I give to in compassion. That's And so much life full of like stories and generosity in a way of like, I am giving my home, even though it's small, I'm giving my time, even though it might not feel like much. Um, and it's full and it's hard, you know, it's hard to give your time. So I definitely think like being generous doesn't just sit in monetary value 100%. And if, you know, I know a lot of young adults right now that are really struggling, like I don't have abundance and I don't, if, if I'm generous, I tithe. And then even to try to be generous, I'm not going to cover my rent. Yeah. And I would just say to those people, like, man, there's so many other ways to, that you are generous, that you are giving, that you are giving to your life group and that person in need. And yeah. so, yeah, don't necessarily measure by just monetary <clears throat> value. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I do think that there's something about the giving of money, of money because... Mm-hmm. I saw uh, a study once that, that basically said the most stressful thing for like huge percentage of Americans is finances. Yeah. And I think that we get to a place where like we hoard it, not because we're not generous people, because I'm, but I'm just scared about what happens if I lose it. Yeah. So I, I do think that there's something about, and because that other person is feeling that. Mm-hmm. And so you're giving them money to help. I, I remember, um, when we had, there was someone at the church whose house burnt down, mm-hmm. and and I was talking with Sean. He's like, "What do you think that they they need? Probably a lot of things." He's like, "What could we do?" I was like, "Dude, there's nothing better than just a check." <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> yeah. when, when someone just gets to take that and put it in their account, it just helps. And so we just wrote them a big freaking check. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I I do think that yeah, I think that we need to fight to be generous in in a lot of those areas. But I do think that. Um, financial generosity, it puts such a level of trust um, and control back into God's hands. Like, okay, I don't really have this, but I'm going to, I'm going to follow you in this Mm -hmm. and I'm going to give what I was hoping to use towards something else. Yeah. um, Or just to pay my rent. And like, I'm just going to (laughs) trust that you spoke this to me. I'm going to do it. And I think that we, we want people to like have the great response. The amount of times we've given to people and I'm like, that was not the response I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was. I thought you were gonna like, 
revel in my glory because of the gift that we got. But it's also like it's not about them. Yeah. It, 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 it can meet a need, but it's, it's, about, it's about you. And that's what God's trying to do in you. Yeah, that's so good. All right, as we, as we wrap up this week, this podcast, um, we've talked a lot over the last two weeks about consumerism, materialism, uh, our desire for more, how we handle what we have. Um, at the end of the day, as a young adult walking through their 20s, you know, maybe if you could just summarize the series, what do you think is God's heart for a young adult who is out in the world getting advertised to constantly, working to try to make, you know, like a good, honest Mm -hmm. living wage. Um, What encouragement would you give them when it comes to their possessions, um, what they make and, and honestly their ability to be generous and with other people, what, what's like one piece of advice or, or encouragement you would leave with somebody when it comes to their finances? Mm -hmm. Uh, Was it you that said this in your, one of your messages one time where he's like, if God can get it, through you, he'll give it to you. Or what? Is that you? I don't know. That was pro- probably me, I guess. <laughs> or is it Connor? No, I think If it was... didn't make sense, it was Connor. I can't remember who <laughs> <said> that. Um, <laughs> but one thing I will say, like, my grandpa, um, he passed at the end of last year. And just we went back for his funeral. And he came from nothing. A small, ti- tiny, tiny, tiny town in Tennessee and was a farmer and you would ask him you're like oh and then he made his like a business in produce very successful business person and um and you would ask him like oh my gosh like how did you get into produce is it because I didn't want to be a farmer anymore I wanted to actually make money so there's like drive ambition and I think that a lot of young adults are in that right now um but then looking at how he lived his life like there's nothing wrong in his ambition to want and to provide and to have you know, money. Um, But to see how he stewarded that and to see so many people, like I was just sitting in um, the church and it was very traditional, you know, funeral. So there's open casket, everything. And to see him and my grandma, I know. uh, And then there's 10 grandkids and then 18 great grandkids all there. Number one, that was like amazing. And to see like he's done so much for each person each one of us, and I know each one of our stories, so much, so much, giving so much to his family. Um, but then to see, I mean, it's COVID, so no one could actually come into the church besides family. And then we would go to the gravesite, and I sat with my grandma, and there were so many people, like um, the boards he sat on, board members, uh, basketball players, like crazy. I mean, it was full of people. And all coming up and saying what he said, what he gave, what he did for their families. I was like, oh, my gosh, this goes past so much than our just our generation. And I just left that being like, God, what your word says and how you live a good life, how you leave a legacy is so true. And he, and he lived in this tiny two bedroom house. And gave so much. And so I just. I just think like if you're, man, God is going to do such amazing things in your life (laughs) and how you love and um, serve Jesus with your finances, it will multiply in life change and stories. And anyways, I could go on and on about what my grandpa has done, but to actually see it 
is so possible. Yeah. It's so attainable. So easy. No, oh, yeah, this is great. And I, I, I think simply we talk about your 20s is about your foundation and who you become in your 20s is who you'll be in your 30s, 40s. And so who you decide to be in your 20s when it comes to finances mm -hmm. and, and your convictions will carry over. Mm -hmm. So if you can't be generous making 10000 I swear to God, you won't be generous making 100000 Yeah, I yeah. think that because I make more, I'll so be good. more. And it's not so has true. nothing to do with that. Um, it has everything to do with your heart and your posture. Mm -hmm. And also, more money intensifies who you already are. Yeah. And so if you're a mean person now, more money just makes you more mean. Um, if you're an ungrateful person now, more money will just make you more ungrateful. If you're a generous person, yeah. more money will just make you more generous. If you're a happy person, more money will make you more happy. And, you know, it's it's like it just it, it exonifies or whatever the word is, like who you already are. It mm -hmm. just like makes it. So choose now who you're going to be. It's about your yeah. heart. It's not about the amount. Um, and I think God will God will start to work in that. And convict you. there's a lot of scripture. So read for yourself, please, for the love of God. Don't take our word for it. There's yeah. loads of scripture, even about debt and certain things that will, I think, challenge your, your heart. Yeah. If I had to leave a young adult with one little last piece of advice when it comes to this topic of things and money and how do we do that well, 1 Timothy 6, 6 just simply says this. It says, godliness with contentment is great gain. Um, obviously, in life, you will always there will always be something else out there before you. But I think that if you can sit back and just kind of take a look at what you have, I mean, even if it's very little, and you can just find a place in your heart to say, thank you, God, you have more than some of the richest people on the planet. Mm -hmm. Like if you can if you can lay your head down at night with contentment and gratitude and thankfulness, um, one, I think it shows that you're in a place where um, God can use you. But two, I think it just, it just puts you it just puts life into perspective right. that life isn't about the accumulation of things. Like, like we talked about last week, Luke 12, Jesus said life isn't about gaining things. Yeah. Um, I think that if you can find contentment in your heart and say, thank you, Jesus, for what I have, mm -hmm. man, you're in a place where millions of people on this planet long to be who, mm -hmm. who might have millions of dollars more than you. It's great. So, Thank you so much for tuning in. Somebody want to pray for us as we close out? Andrew, you want to pray sure. for us? <laughs> Lord, thank you so much for this time. Uh, God, this this topic is so important to you. And uh, there there can be a lot of peace and a lot of stress when it comes to this topic. And usually there's no in-between. Mm -hmm. And God, you, you want us to have peace when it comes to this. And God, you want us to be generous. And God, you, you it's one of those things where you, you promise to give back. And God, we don't... Uh, give to get a blessing, we give because we're already blessed. And so, God, if, if no one feels like they're, they're blessed, then they won't fight to be a blessing. And so, God, I pray just as Connor uh, spoke, God, may people start to feel in this moment like, man, I'm so blessed. I know I don't have all the things that I want, but God has been so good to me. And because of that, I'm going to be generous and give and not make my life about all the things that I gather but about the things that I give. Mm -hmm. And so, God, we just we love you. We trust you. Ask all it's your name. And all God's podcast people in your car <laughs> at the gym out loud say, Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
Don't do it. I'm not going to. Well, I'll spare the people. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in today. On whatever platform you listen to, be sure to hit that subscribe button. And if you know anybody in your life who could benefit from listening to us three knuckleheads talk about anything, give it a share. Our expertise. No, no promises, but give it a share. We love you guys so much for all things uh, Red Rocks Young Adults. Go to ROYA.org. Until next week, we'll see you guys then. Have a good one. Love y'all. Bye. Bye. Peace out.